Hey everyone, Tristan here. It's been another long week, and as always, I'd like to ask that we consider how to take care of ourselves, our loved ones, and the most vulnerable members of our society as we all keep distance. Today's episode is, sadly, our last, and it's fitting that we'll go out talking about health and healing. So, let's take a deep breath, but not too close to anyone, and keep moving. Okay, here's today's episode. So to start, would you just tell us in a full sentence your name and when you graduated from Oakland? My name is Callie Ryan, and I graduated in 2011. What skills will students need to be prepared for an increasingly complex future? As technology continues to shape our society and our structures of communication, how should education respond? And can places of privilege foster equity and inclusivity within and beyond their communities? My name is Tristan Friedberg-Radman. This is Learned. On Learned, we're looking beyond test scores and college acceptance rates to understand how education can shape the future of our society and what kind of teaching we need to bring us there. Today our guest is Callie Ryan. Callie and I were classmates, graduating together in 2011. Callie performs across Los Angeles, hosts a weekly radio program on DubLab, and is finishing up her first year of acupuncture school. We reconnected recently because we each found ourselves seeking answers for undiagnosed and chronic ailments. We met up at her home in South Pasadena to talk about how she started making music, balancing creative practice and mental health, and listening to our bodies when they say it's time to slow down. Tell me about your experience at Oakwood. What were you most interested in when you were a student there? I think that after graduating Oakwood and talking to people who went to different schools, I was like, wow, I was really lucky to be around other students who were brought up for the most part in like very creative households and very creative communities. So I think that was a big part of my experience at Oakwood was like being exposed to music that I wouldn't have otherwise been exposed to by friends. And those are still memories that I come back to or tell people in my life now that weren't at Oakwood at that time. Like being like, oh yeah, I found out about this band that really informed my music practice because of my friend's blog, (laughs) you know? (laughs) It was actually funny. I was going through my old boxes the other night and found my notebook from my winter immersion course that I did. Pop songwriting? No, uh, the golden ratio. Oh, of course. Yeah, and that was like, pretty um, amazing that experience and it was really cool going through like my notebook and being like oh we were talking about some like really next level things that like I only returned to once I was in college studying avant-garde electronic music and it was interesting because when I was in high school I was also very very passionate about sustainable agriculture and health food practices and had like my own lunch business (laughs) 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 the fact that that was fostered at school was like really cool Uh, I completely forgot about that yes I had Cali sustainable vegan lunches I was very big on being vegan at the time and I would literally make lunches and friends would buy them and I would bring them to school and that was really radical that the school like knew that was happening and supported it it was an environment where I could do that. Once I found my voice, like once I found what I was passionate about and cared for, I had the opportunity to explore those things. Wasted, 
And you have a performance practice that sort of brings all of those things together. I should give a, a little bit of context. A lot of my work has to do with anatomical bodily systems. So the one I had always really focused on was digestion and its relationship to emotional beings. And I came into that because I had a very sensitive stomach my whole life. And so in college, I remember going back and just like writing my journal and being like, my anxiety is connected to my stomach. And it's just unbelievable. And that's what I'm going to make art about. Like what, you know, being a college, like sophomore, junior in college, I was like, I figured it out. You <laughs> know, I love those moments where you're like, you're, you're a young person, you're learning and you're just like, oh my God, nobody's ever made this connection yes, before. And you show up, show up to a mentor and they're just like, yeah, so. <laughs> exactly. That's when my focus on my practice shifted towards making music that both acknowledge and like pay homage to bodily systems. You made a record, it's called Health. Mm -hmm. When did you start making that and when did that come out? The trajectory of Health was really funny because I had been working on these demos uh, for a few months, the first thing I did was I made them into a mixtape. I kind of strung them all together and recorded it through a four track to put on a cassette to get the like tape compression that I wanted. I kind of like spent some time with it. I was like, I actually really like this. I'm really proud of this and sent it to some like local labels and released it with a label called Outside Insight. And I think when Outside Insight decided to release the record, we decided to take it out of its mixtape form and put it into tracks. And so then I revisited the record, added things, added some tracks. And that experience and the songs that I wrote for that record also were archiving my grief and loss that I had around a car accident I was in and being soft and vulnerable with our bodies in time of pain, whether it's like physical or emotional pain, is everything. Like it's, it's how we heal and how we feel strong and capable. Yeah, that's something I've definitely learned in the last couple of years is that when when you go through something that's traumatic, whether it's like a physical trauma, like a car accident or an emotional trauma, a loss, yeah. it gets stored somewhere in your body. Yes. And it stays there and it comes out in really weird ways. I mean, one of the things that we've reconnected over is the fact that we right. both have been struggling with various aspects of our health in the yeah. last year. I have definitely tuned into the connection between my gut and my brain. Yeah. Um, I, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm laughing because it still feels fringe in a sure. really weird way. Yes. Um, but it makes so much sense intuitively once you've been able to clear out everything that you need to clear out to tune into those systems. And yeah, it's very, very tied into creative practice. Big time. I think creative practice can be this like both an archive for the, the process of moving through and with these emotions, but also can be the I don't want to say detox because I don't think we... It's like detox implies like when we have something traumatic happen that it like comes, goes in and goes out, you know? Right. No, it stays. It, it, it stays. But I think that it can move in our bodies in nutritive ways to go from so, I almost want to say like hot trauma. Like if you turn a mic up too hot, you know, it's like, it's like you touch it lightly and it like sends shooting feelings uh, versus like, oh, it's, it's there and it is part of me and it's informing me and it's part of my tissues now. I like that you use the word archive. 
in relation yeah. to the body a lot. Mm-hmm. That makes a lot of sense to me. It's like a the place where all those feelings and sensations get stored yes. somatically. And it's up to us to engage and reactivate those things in a way that helps us move through them. Yes, exactly. So let's talk about help. You know, we've talked a lot about this sort of long view of realizing going back into your younger self and being like, oh, I've been I've been feeling this way for a long time. Yeah. Can you take me on your journey through realizing that something was off in your body and trying to figure out how to course correct? I love this question because it still I'm like in it now, like I'm still in it in elementary school. I like had asthma. I had skin problems. I had eczema. I had major digestive problems my whole life young adult life and in like 10th grade when my stomach was getting really bad and I was old enough to be like I'm an adult I can take matters into my own hands kind of I created all of these rules for myself in my attempts to heal what unrest I was feeling in my body which I didn't understand or know what it is or even know at that point how to listen to my body I created rules and I decided I'm gonna be vegan the rest of my life I'm going to like work out every day. You know, that's going to make me feel better. And if I miss a day, I'm going to feel bad and my stomach's going to hurt or I'm going to feel tired or I'm going to have asthma or my everything's going to fall apart, you know? Because when you're feeling out of control yeah. in your own body, it makes so much sense to say, oh, there's a cause and effect between input A and output B. Exactly. And, and you decide that, you know? Honestly, those rules I created for myself in 10th grade carried through until this year and I'm 26 now at some point I was normalizing like I was like yeah I guess I just have a really sensitive stomach and I guess I just have asthma and eczema and you know in the last five years I began getting major nerve pain in my sacroiliac joints I just assumed like oh I'm just I don't know I'm running too much I just have back problems and so did my doctors like because I was like a young like quote-unquote healthy person I would go to orthopedists and they'd be like, these symptoms have nothing to do with each other and um, you should just relax. You should just take a bath. You should do a little yoga. It seems like a muscle problem. And it wasn't until there was a few different things that helped me to get closer to like my diagnosis of what was actually happening in my body and why I was having this very debilitating pain in my sacrum. And one was one of my very best friends is studying to be a midwife and she texted my boyfriend and was like, you know, I I think that you should ask Callie's doctor because at this point we were trying to figure out what was going on with me and didn't understand. This was like two years ago. And she was like, I think you should ask Callie about ankylosing spondylitis. I'm learning about it in school right now. And it really sounds like Callie's symptoms. It's a type of genetic arthritis that has like an early onset in young people. And so we asked my doctor and he was like, no, there's no way you're young, you're healthy, your cortisol levels, they're normal. And cortisol is not the only way to measure inflammation. This I learned too when I kept being told, you're young, you're healthy, you're probably just stressed out. And -hmm. I wanted to scream like, yeah, of course I'm stressed out. My body's not working. Yes, my body is breaking (laughs) down. Like, yes, there's a literal instinctual primitive response I'm having. I'm in fight or flight all the time. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. Especially when you don't know what it is. It's like when you know what it is, it can be, I think, easier to be like, all right, I can relax. I know what's going on and I can find solutions to fix it. But in the stage before knowing what's going on and some people their whole lives are constantly having to put up barriers around their body, you know, mental and physical barriers to protect themselves. Fast forward to a year later, I see my cousin at a wedding 
And I'm like, yeah, I'm having all these weird symptoms. And he's like, well, I have that too. The, all of your symptoms are my symptoms. And our grandfather had psoriasis. And that is a symptom of ankylosing spondylitis too. And I was like, what? And he was like, yeah, I grew up with stomach problems, eczema, asthma, and terrible sacral pain. I was just like, what? I was like, every problem in my body is this one, maybe is this one thing. And it was. <laughs> and it's something that people in your family have dealt with. Like yes. in, in the sense of thinking about bodies being archives, mm -hmm. that stuff gets carried on intergenerationally. Yes. It's its own grieving process when you realize yeah. that what you're dealing with is a lifelong yeah. illness or condition. Mm -hmm. That it's not like you get a cold, you're better in a week. Yeah. But when you're dealing with an autoimmune condition, yeah. it's something you negotiate with your entire life. Yes. Particularly when you're really young and you're used to just like bouncing back from whatever your body throws at you. Right. It's a different way to view your life, the way you inhabit mm -hmm. your community, your body. You have a different relationship to work and the amount of stress yes. you're able to take on. I was just talking to a friend who has an autoimmune condition and we were talking about the superpowers that it gives you. There is this relationship that you grow with your body and it's this like really tender, special one, a sensitive one where you're like can feel unrest and you can feel peace in your body on days that you wake up feeling very good and your immune system is peaceful. It's like this quiet hum of joy and peace in your body. It's amazing. Yeah, it's awesome. It's unlike anything I've ever experienced. Yeah. I mean, would I love to not have sacroiliac joint pain? Yes, I would love that. But also, I know that it's been really informative. I don't think I would make the music I make, and I don't think I would be pursuing also a career in healing modality if I hadn't been presented with this. I will never take basic GI function for granted yes. ever again. Like, yeah, and it's so, <laughs> I just got back from my family holidays and yes. was like pushing the envelope a little bit yes. about like just being candid about <laughs> constipation. And yes. there's a taboo. How are we supposed to feel safe and good about how we look on the outside if we are like, ignoring and pretending what's happening on the inside doesn't exist. Let's turn to yeah. studying healing modalities because yeah. you just finished your first semester of acupuncture school. Yeah. What factors influenced your decision to go back to school for acupuncture? I want to move at a slower pace. And I think if you're someone with an autoimmune condition, it makes sense. You want to be in relationship with your body and that requires time for listening to your body and that takes time. One of the things that like helped me to really make the leap and like be like, I'm committing, I'm gonna do acupuncture school was there's this amazing artist from Japan, a musician named H. Takahashi. And he is a successful independent musician in the experimental electronic ambient community, but also is a, a successful architect. And I was like, oh my God, his music has touched me so much and he's an architect that makes sense how cool is that and like that's what i hope people when they listen to my music i hope it's like yes makes sense she's also an acupuncturist how do you think our education system can better prepare young people to take care of their bodies and to tune in when you are younger like school is pretty much everything it is your community and it excludes a lot of people who maybe aren't as able-bodied who can't sit down in a chair to take an SAT or actually can't go to college because they have anxiety or depression. You know, I think what the education system can do for young people is tell them everybody has a different way of learning. I hear that completely. And I think a lot of what we've experienced is 
the burnout at the end of an educational system that mm-hmm. places so much value on particularly coming from a private school background. Yeah. Got to get into college, got to go to college, got it. You know, there's so many application cycles that happen after college that mirror yeah. the process of getting into middle school, high yes. school, university. You can go to grad school. I mean, it's like you can keep that cycle going, but at a certain point, it wears you down. I think it squashes the potential of a lot of people and a lot of like young people who have something to give and to share. And that is significant. Like it's significant. And I think it is our education system's responsibility. People are coming from different physical, familial and emotional places and might need different things to be successful in their education. There was an article in The Atlantic that Mm -hmm. an educator friend of mine sent me that was making the argument that Gen Z is physically the safest generation in like a hundred years, right? They don't drive so much so they get in fewer car accidents. They don't experiment with drugs and alcohol. They practice way safer sex. Right. But mentally, everyone's a mess. Yes, yes. <laughs> and so thinking through like how these things get stored in the body, I was really curious by the divide that article made between physical safety and mental safety because right. it strikes me that that's kind of a false dichotomy. If we don't have mental safety, We don't have physical safety and vice versa. Going back to what we were talking about earlier, the fight or flight mentality. I've been taking a lot of anatomy classes and learning about the parasympathetic and the sympathetic nervous system. And both of those occupy these different ends of the spectrum. One is rest and digest is like the term that they, you know, say is like when you are calm, you can digest properly. When you feel peaceful, you can process things gently and with productivity. But when you're in fight or flight, you're panicked and that resonates in your body your opportunity to have an autoimmune condition triggered is greatly greatly impacted by your environmental situation kelly thank you so much for this conversation thank you tristan this was lovely learned is supported by oakwood school a k-12 independent school in los angeles california Today's episode was produced by me, Tristan Friedberg-Rodman. I graduated from Oakwood in 2011. My co-producers are Ivan Johnson, Oakwood's Director of Co-Curricular Programs, and Christy Guevara, Oakwood's Director of Alumni Relations. Original music courtesy of Callie Ryan, Class of 2011, and Jody Landau, Class of 2010. Intro music and additional sound design by Ivan Johnson. Thank you so much for tuning in over the last 10 episodes. We've all learned a lot making the show. We hope you learned a lot by listening. If you're just joining us, there are nine other great interviews to dive into. Go through them at whatever pace and in whatever order you please. There are new connections in every sequence. We'll be back with more soon. But until then, this has been Learned. So long for now.